You are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. A good Thursday show for you. We are going to talk about the NFL. I've got your numbers on the over-unders this year in the NFL. We are at record-setting numbers this year in the NFL for totals, and I will go over those numbers with you. We are also going to talk a little bit of Major League Baseball. The Rangers finally lose a playoff game. I did not think they were going to run the table and win every game in the playoffs, but obviously you lose one and all of a sudden the panic starts to set in. So we'll see what happens there. We are going to talk college football. I have an early lean that I'm going to have for one of my plays this weekend and more NFL talk, college football talk, gambling talk in general. And we'll get to all that momentarily. So I told you that, man, the primetime unders in the NFL this year are 15 and 5. Thursday night games, Sunday night games, and Monday night games. There's been 20 of them, and 15 of them have gone under the posted total. Well, according to Evan H. Abrams on Twitter yesterday, he posted the fact that the unders overall this season in all NFL games are 56 36 and 1. That's 61%. That is the highest win win rate through 6 weeks since 1991. I mean, we're seeing something we haven't seen in 32 years in the NFL, and that is 61% of games are going under. The Saints who play tonight at home against the Jaguars as of this recording, I think Trevor Lawrence is playing, but I'm still not sold. What I do know is that the Saints have now gone under 12 straight games for them, dating back to last year. And the Saints' offense is kind of pathetic this year. I mean, look at their offensive output this year. Take away the Patriots game where they won 34-0. Saints won 16-15, 120-17, lost 18-17, lost 26-9, lost 20 to 13. So they've put up 16, 17, 17, 9, 13 in their other five games outside of the 34 nothing whitewashing of the Patriots. So tonight's game, right now the total is at 40. I told you yesterday that is one of the three 10 teams in the 10, three team 10 point teaser this week. I want you to put the Saints under 50. And I also want you to put the Ohio State line under. Yesterday it was 45.5. It went up a point. Now it's 46.5. So I want you to do Saints under 50, Ohio State under now 56.5. And, and I have to get a third team to you. And I'm going to get to that one when I talk a little college uh, football. But, man, these unders in the NFL, that is a crazy, crazy, crazy number. Because, really, when you look at it, <clears throat> it's you you would think you look at these teams and you say 61% of the time these games are going under i mean we had that we had that this past weekend this past week in the NFL 13 out of 15 games went under and a lot of them went under by a lot now the NFL will start adjusting and they'll just start setting lower totals though so this stuff will even out i mean it's not going to even out to where it's going to be at the end of the year, it's going to be 50% of the games went over and 50 went under. I still think because the overs have so much to make up, I I think it probably by the end of the season, you're probably going to be looking at, I don't know, 
56% of the games in the NFL went under this year. Maybe 55, 55 to 57, I'm sure, is what it'll get to. But it's just it's just the way things play out. And Vegas knows that they have to start lowering their totals if 61% of the games are going under. By the way, speaking of totals, did you see the total in the Minnesota-Iowa game this weekend in college football? It's 32. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen a total that low in college football. I really don't. I don't, I, I, I don't think I've ever seen a total that low. But speaking of college football, you know what? Let's just get to it right now. And I want to – the third team that I'm going to put as part of my three-team 10-point teaser, we're going to go Saints under tonight. We're going to go Ohio State-Penn State under on Saturday. I also want to throw in Boston College. They're getting four-and-a-half at Georgia Tech. I want to tease that up to 14-and-a-half. And here's why. I didn't even know this until I read something yesterday. So Boston College is, you know, decent this year. They're 3-3, three and three, not terrible, 1-2 and two in ACC play. However, <laughs> were you aware that Boston College, in five of their six games, throw out the game they lost to Louisville, 56-28. In their other five games this year, three of those games had a final score of 27-24 one of those games had a final of 31-28 and one of those final one of those games had a final of 31-29 <laughs> five games of their six games this year for Boston College 27 24-27-24-27-24-31-28-31-29 they're in every game except Louisville, who until last week, or are they still undefeated, Louisville? I can't even remember. No, they lost last week. So they're 6-1. and one. They lost to a team that was undefeated, and they lost by four touchdowns. But every other game has been three points or less. They are now getting four and a half at Georgia Tech. Tease that up to 14 and a half. I don't even care who wins this game. Georgia Tech is not great. BC is decent, but BC has shown they basically can play with anybody, and they're going to stay in the game. And right now, when you tease that up to 14.5, hell, I think BC can win outright getting 4.5, or at least cover the 4.5, considering five of their six games have been decided by three points or less. So you're going to give me 4.5? I'll take it. You're going to give me 14.5 on a tease? I'll take it. So there's your three-team 10-point teaser. Now, I know it's mixing college and pro, so I'm probably only going to do one this week unless I really like something in pro, which I don't think I do because there's a lot of low lines in pro this week, and it's just a lot of games that are just two bad teams, and it's just I'm not interested. So your three-team 10-point teaser this week, get it in now because you have to put it in before tonight's game to include the Saints. Saints, Jaguars, under 50. Penn State, Ohio State. Under 57.5, BC plus 14.5. Hope you win. I hope I win. I hope we all win. The other stat in the NFL that is just kind of time-tested, and it's not obviously a guarantee because nothing's a guarantee, but betting division dogs in the NFL is always a profitable thing. Since, I believe, in the last 20 years, I think the number is, Division dogs have been covering at a 60% clip. 
division home favorites have been covering at a 44% clip. And there's five of those instances this weekend, if you're interested. Buffalo and New England, although I, I just I can't, even though the numbers say you just always take the points in a divisional game, especially if the home team is getting points, I just can't, in my right mind, tell anybody, hey, bet the New England Patriots. I mean, they're one in five. Mac Jones is horrible. Uh, and that line is coming down. I almost feel like the more it comes down, then you might want to take the Bills. But Bills are eight and a half right now at New England. I can't, with a good conscience, tell anybody this is a solid choice. But some other divisional games, the Giants getting two and a half at home uh, against Washington. This is just a typical uh, – this this game kind of has Giants written all over it. Washington coming off a big road win, now have to play a division game on the road, and they're favored. The Giants are coming home after that frustrating loss with a backup quarterback to Buffalo. It looks like Daniel Jones is going to play. I – uh, the Giants are probably the play in this game. Atlanta and Tampa is a divisional game. Tampa's two-and-a-half-point favorites at home. You've got Arizona and Seattle. Seattle's a seven-and-a-half-point home favorite. And then the other uh, divisional game is the Chargers, uh, getting five-and-a-half at Kansas City. And uh, Charger coming off a bad Monday night loss at home. Kansas City riding a high 5-1. and one. Travis Kelsey's hanging out at Saturday Night Live with his girlfriend. and I already see a couple games that I know where I'm going to be leaning uh, this weekend. But those numbers just don't lie. And it's a, you know, obviously it's a big sample size. I like trends. I wouldn't call myself a trend better. But I look at trends, and I look to see how many times has this trend occurred. Is this a, you know, a large is this kind of from a a large sample size, small sample size? But when you're covering 20 or 30 years and divisional dogs are covering at a 60% clip, it's something you always have to take in mind because no matter what their records are, these teams are very familiar with each other because they play each other twice a year every year. So if somebody gets beat in a divisional game, you can't be stunned in the NFL. You just can't. It's too much familiarity there. And now it doesn't, like I said, doesn't mean the favorite won't win a lot. They're just not going to win a majority of the time, at least cover. And this has shown it. 60% clip for division dogs. With that said, I would stay the hell away from the Patriots against the Bills. Just don't bet it. Unless you're going to bet the Bills. The other thing you got to keep in mind is everybody's going to have the Bills in a teaser this week. And, hey, look, sometimes... When the teaser is that easy, it does cover. But everybody's going to have the Bills in a teaser, basically just down to two or two and a half, essentially, unless you do seven-point teasers. Now you're down to one and a half. It basically just means they need to win the game. They just have to beat the Patriots on the road. And the Patriots are god-awful. And I don't even think the Patriots are trying to win. I mean, the fact that Mac Jones has been as bad as he's been this year and Bill Belichick, like, right after games is saying we're sticking with him it's almost like they know that they are tanking this season and they want a high draft pick to possibly get Kayla Williams. It's the only thing I can think of because Bill Belichick is too proud and too he's arguably the greatest NFL coach in the history of the league. For him to just staunchly stand behind a guy who's absolutely sucked this year and who has no mobility, can't read defenses, has been awful in the red zone, like – 
and he's just like, no, he's our guy. He gives us the best chance to win. Well, I don't think he does. And considering your record is 1-5, and five, and you've looked horrible, and two of the worst losses, the two worst losses in Bill Belichick's career came in back-to-back games three weeks ago to the Cowboys, they lost by 35, and then the very next week they come home and lose by 34 to the Saints. Two worst losses of Belichick's career, both happening this year. And I probably should have looked it up, but he's under 500 without Tom Brady. I don't think anyone is surprised. And Tom Brady went on in his first year away from Bill Belichick, ended up winning a Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. So who is the GOAT? Brady? Did Brady make Belichick or did Belichick make Brady? I think that question has been answered considering what each did when they left each other. Let's talk some playoff baseball. Oh, it's over. Rangers stink. They're not coming back. They're losing the series. Those are the kind of things you hear when you lose for the first time in the playoffs. Rangers finally drop a game. They lose 8-5 last night to the Houston Astros. The series is now two games to one. And look, I told you, I didn't expect them to win every game in the postseason. And I told you this is only their second home game in the playoffs. And I told you that the Astros were 51-30 and 30 on the road this year and 39-42 and 42 at home. There's just something about this Astros team that when they are on the road, they just play better. They've proven it time and time again this year. So am I not surprised? I'm not surprised that they won. The question now becomes, was it smart to start, start Max, Max Scherzer when he hasn't pitched in over a month? I would have. I have no problem with it because it's not like, yes, he left the game down, what, 4 nothing, or did he give up that fifth run? I don't even remember. But it's not like he was getting roped. He gave up a lot of singles. And I'm, I, I'd go to war with Max Scherzer every day of the week and twice on Sundays. So I didn't have a problem with him starting. Now, in a game where you really don't want to get tied up 2-2, you're going with basically two very, very average pitchers in Andrew Haney and Dane Dunning. And if neither one of them can do the job tonight and you fall and you lose again and it's 2-2, you got to go up against Justin Verlander in game five. Now, granted, you're also throwing your best pitcher in Jordan Montgomery who beat Verlander in game one. So here's the other thing I'm also keeping in mind when it comes to this. Do any of you remember the 2019 World Series between the Washington Nationals and the Houston Astros? It's the first time in Major League Baseball World Series history that this ever happened. The road team won every game. Now, we're only three games into this Ranger series, and the road team has won all three. But it just goes to show that even if the Rangers, I don't know, get swept at home, or even if they only win two out of three, or even if they only win one out of three and got to go back to Houston down 3 2. No, sorry, yeah, up 3 2. It doesn't mean they can't win one of two in Houston. The Nationals in the 2019 World Series came into Houston and won game one and two, 5 4 and 12 3. So they headed home. I'm guessing back then everybody was like, ugh. Astros are done. They're down 2-0, and they got to go on the road now after losing two in a row at home. What did they do in the three games in Washington? 4-1, 8-1, 7-1. Not only did they win three in a row, they weren't even close. Outscored them 19-3. to 
So I'm guessing back in 2019, after the Astros did that, the sentiment then became, oh my God, now the Astros are coming home. They just blew the Nationals out three games in a row. They took all the momentum from them. Now they come home and all they got to do is win one of the final two games at home and they are World Series champions. And what did the Nationals do? Blew them out in game six and game seven in Houston. 7-2 and 6-2. I mean, that's why can we throw out momentum? I know I talked about this earlier this week, but bring it up again. Momentum means absolutely nothing. Momentum is as good as the next day's starting pitcher. Baseball is way too weird. The Astros could win tonight, tie the series up at 2-2, and everybody and their mother will say the Rangers are choking, the Rangers blew it, the Rangers have lost all the momentum. I guess technically from the end of tonight's game till the first pitch of Friday's game, they would have lost momentum, sure. But it can change at the drop of a hat. It can change batter to batter in Major League Baseball. So I'm not giving up on the Rangers. Shit, they still have a 2-1 lead in this series, and they lost their first game in the playoffs. But tonight is a different night, and... If they win tonight and go up 3-1, good chance they win this series. There's a smaller chance, but a chance, that the Astros could win three in a row to end it and win in seven games. We just don't know. Every game in baseball, you just sit back and watch and hope your team wins and forget about momentum, forget about what happened during the regular season, forget about all that. It doesn't matter. Tonight's game is its own game. There's... You know, people want to call it a best-of-seven series. That's not what I call them. I call them seven one-game series because that's what they are. Because going up 2-0 means absolutely nothing. Going up 3-1 means nothing. Yes, majority of the time, the team that goes up 3-1 is going to win, but the fact that it's not 100% means there's still always a chance to come back. And just because the Rangers went up 2-0 on the road, I knew that the Astros play better on the road this year. And I knew that the Astros have feasted on the Rangers for the last six years. Now, it hasn't been a good Rangers team, but they still have always taken care of business when it comes to the Rangers. So tonight is just a new game. I hope Andrew Haney pitches well to start the game. I hope what's-his-nuts comes in after him, Dane Dunning, and pitches well. Hope their bats come alive because they were struggling there for a little bit. From middle of game two till middle of game three, they were in a one-for-32 slump as a team. And then they got two two run home runs from Josh Young. They got uh, you know a double from a, a single a run scoring single from Adolis Garcia. But you know it's just it's just reset tonight. You just hope you score more runs than the other team tonight. But even if Houston wins tonight, I'm not going to say the sky is falling and the Rangers are choking because I know Houston is good on the road. So even. All this does tonight is if Houston wins, it just guarantees the series is going back to Houston, which, while it does seem scary, the Rangers proved in game one and game two they can win there. So, and every team this season has proven they can win in Houston, considering Houston is not a good home team, 39 and 42, and 7 and 22 when they have a sellout. So, I would just say keep an open mind. Obviously, I'm cheering for the Rangers tonight. Let's go, Rangers. But the Astros are just different on the road. They've won 17 of their last 20 games on the road. 17-3 and three in their last 20 games on the road this year. Can't explain it. 
You absolutely can't explain it. Why does this team play better on the road? But then when they go home, and that home field advantage is certainly an advantage because they play in a bandbox that they were three games under over an 81-game span. They went 39-42. and 42. Can't explain it. Thank you very much for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review. Pass it along to your friends. Let them know about that three-team 10-point teaser. Got to start putting it in tonight because the Jacksonville Saints under is part of it. And then do it to the Penn State, Ohio State under 57.5 and and to BC plus 14.5. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate it. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television.